0: Welcome to the reboot of the virulent news, Toxic Habits and Attitudes. I'm your host, Wayne Bibbs. If this is your first time listening, welcome. If you've tuned in before, welcome back. This is the second season of the show, the purpose of which was originally to encourage you to begin that writing or entertainment journey. Now, after a little bit of thought and thinking about exactly what it is I wanted to say, I realized that. The purpose is simply to encourage, regardless of how you apply that encouragement to what uh, endeavors on what journey you wish to apply it. The whole purpose is to let you know that you can do whatever it is you're trying, you're planning. As long as you put in the proper work before time, the research, find out exactly what it is you need to do, uh, find out what it takes to do it. As long as you prepare yourself, you can be successful at whatever it is you're trying. But why is it necessary for anyone, be it me or whomever, to get that message of encouragement out? And the reason for that is because everyone has that little something that they've always wanted to do, but they talk themselves out of it for fear of not doing it very well. I know how that feels because that's one thing at which I excel, creating an atmosphere of self-doubt and then growing very comfortable in that atmosphere. (laughs) Seriously, it's almost like a superpower for me. No matter how good I may be at something, uh, no matter how long I've been doing it, no matter how many people have seen me do it and encouraged me to keep doing it, I still find a reason to doubt my own abilities. Granted, there were a lot of people in my life who seemingly only spoke to me when they wanted to put me down or discourage and disparage me. But you know what? I'm the one that let them do it. I'm the one who listened to them. I'm the one who granted them access to my head. I'm the one who allowed people who have never tried to do what I'm attempting And thus have no idea of what it takes or whether or not I have those particular traits to tell me that I will fail. You know, my father used to tell me to make room for the possibility that someone else may know something I don't. And while that is very wise, it is not all encompassing. You determine what you can and cannot do. And there's no good reason to hand that power over to anyone else. With proper research and planning, there are very few things that you cannot accomplish unless you tell yourself you can't. If you've ever heard the old saying, it's always easier to get into something than to get out of it, I have to say that I agree with that in large part, although that saying is usually used as a reason not to attempt something. I can say that it is easier to get into the habit of doubting yourself and your abilities than it is to get out of it. But no matter how difficult it may be, it is not impossible. You can get out of the habit of telling yourself, no, nah, you really can't do that or you shouldn't do that. People will laugh or you know whatever it is, whatever reasons you come up with for not doing something that you apparently really want to try. If there's something that you want to do, why shouldn't you do it? In the first season of the podcast, I, uh, I mentioned my friend, Dorinda, whose mobility was compromised because of a spinal injury. Uh, actually, let's just be honest about it. What happened was she was attacked and shot five times close range. Whatever demon that was thought that he had uh, that he had killed her, but he didn't. She survived, and I will go into her story in greater depth. Uh, again, I did it in the first season. I'll do it again because I think it's a story that bears repeating. But Dorinda had a friend, who uh, he was a basketball player. And she went to go and, and check out his, uh, this game he was playing. And I always thought that was kind of strange because I know she really didn't like basketball. So I was wondering, okay, so what's so special about this? Well, it turns out that this gentleman was playing basketball from his wheelchair. He, too, had suffered a spinal injury. And then I understood why she was so interested in this game. This man had been told by, you know, family and friends, people who honestly did care about him, uh, as well as his doctors, that he would never be able to play basketball again because of his injury. But he didn't listen to that. He found a wheelchair league and he practiced to get to the point where he could play from his wheelchair and he went out and he did it. Regardless of what anyone told him about his abilities, he went out and he played the game that he wanted to play. He couldn't play it the same way, obviously. I mean, but that's okay. No one said it had to be exactly the way he used to do something before. But he was able to play. Clearly, the people who told him he couldn't do it didn't know him. The people who tried to tell you, You can't do certain things. They don't know you. Not really. They don't know what you're capable of. It's very possible that you've never tried this particular thing before. And as long as you take the time to research it, do the planning, prepare yourself, you can do whatever you want. The only one who can stop you, in all honesty, is you. But if you tell yourself that you can't do it, you don't know yourself very well. Anyway, as for uh, why I took so much time off, I started, uh, started doing the show last year and uh, then I decided to kind of step back and take a look, see what you know see what I was doing, take a, a quick overview. was I getting my message right and whatever else and then things started going wrong and what was supposed to take a month. Ended up taking a year and about three months. Things kept going wrong. I lost my computer, so I had to replace that. Found out that the software that I was accustomed to using wasn't even available anymore. There were several generations past that, and the expense, for me at least, was prohibitive. So I couldn't just use the same setup that I'd had before. And to be honest, I thought about just saying, you know what, this is, you know, I gotta, I've got, i got to spend so much money and got to get everything set up again, get used to the new equipment, blah, 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 blah. And I thought about just saying, you know what, forget it. You know, I gave it a shot. And a few years ago, that probably would have been the end of it. But in the last few years, I learned a lot about Not accepting failure or inability, temporary inability. Um, I know now that if I, you know, if this is something I really want to do, I know how to do it. So I took the steps. I bought the new computer. I couldn't get the old software or anything that similar to it. So I make do with other software, other equipment, and then various illnesses and everything crept up and I dealt with those. So yeah, timelines got a little bit stretched and that's okay. I didn't, uh, didn't manage to stay to my original timeline, but I am back. I didn't let it stop me and I'm not going to let it stop me from this point on. I had to encourage myself. I had to listen to all these things that I'm telling you which is partially why I do this. This is not just me talking to you. This is me talking to me and reminding myself that all those things that people would tell me while when I was a child about what I could and could not do, all those things, don't listen to them. There's only one expert on, well, two experts on Wayne Bibbs, uh, the one who's speaking to you now, and the one who cracks the whip in the house and tells me, uh, Not only what I can and cannot do, but what I'm going to do. And uh, (laughs) I joke, but she's the most encouraging person that has ever been in my life. And I'm very thankful for her. And uh, I don't tell her that too much because I don't want her to get a big head about it. But she really is. She's the driving force behind everything I do. Uh, But we decided that I could do it. So here I am. The result is you're listening to me right now. And thank you for that. It's amazing how much damage a few seeds of self-doubt can do. If I mean, if you let them. Uh, the last few years, as I say, have taught me a lot. I've grown quite a bit in that time. I still have my momentary struggles, as does everyone. And when you go through these struggles, it's okay to admit, hey, you know, this is kind of slowing me down. This is, this is making... This journey a bit more difficult than I had planned. A little more difficult is one thing. Difficult, not impossible. Learning that difference can make a big difference in your life. As in mind, that's the message that I want to share with you. There will be things that, uh, that don't turn out quite the way that you planned, but you don't need to stop trying. You probably had a good idea. It uh, might need to be adjusted here and there or something has come up, some unforeseen circumstance that makes you step back and say, "Okay, well, let me take care of this first and then I can keep moving forward where in the past you might have just said, you know what, hell with this, I'm not going to go any further. I'm 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 done with it. You don't need to do that. If you pick up nothing else from this podcast, pick this up, plan Create, rethink, retry, rinse, repeat, but do not quit. You're going to figure out what you want to do and how you want to do it. So give yourself the time you need because you can do it. That part is certain, but when it doesn't happen right away, tweak, don't eliminate. Just adjust a little bit here, a little bit there, get it running the way that you want. And then once you make those tweaks, keep tweaking, keep paying attention to what it is that you're doing, seeing where you can improve, maintaining the things that are already rock solid, keep moving forward. There was was a a gentleman I met several years ago. And uh, I remember one thing that he said, it stuck with me, no matter how long it takes you to get to your final destination. As long as you're always moving forward, you will get there. That I thought was, uh, was a great saying. That was a great quote from him. And uh, I tried to keep that in mind. So this, what you're listening to right now, this is another step forward for me uh, to be followed by several others. So, thank you for listening to me on this particular step. Stay tuned. Got a little bit more for you to come.
1: Enjoying the virulent news, toxic
0: habits, and attitudes? Be sure to follow the podcast here, as well as our pages on Instagram
1: and X. And now, back to the show.
0: Joining me tonight is a young woman that I met uh, some years ago, auditioning for uh, a stage play for a local theater. And uh, we got to be good, we got to be friends from that. And uh, that, as I said, that was some time ago, but not only is she an actress and a very good one, but she's also a model. and recently has uh, taken to the stage as a stand-up comedian and I'd like to know uh, like to find out a little bit more about how that part of her journey began so uh, I'm going to invite you into our conversation and uh, I will introduce to you Ms. Melissa Carrier. Melissa thank you for joining me today.
1: Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> That was quite an intro. Wow. Well, was, Thank you. Very I, kind I,
0: I of you. I speak I never the truth. thought
1: of myself as an actress, but I did have fun on stage. I've just always liked it. It just was fun.
0: Well, yeah, it was. it was fun. And but the people who watched you think of you as an actress, so you can't argue fun with run with
1: that. <laughs>
0: so, uh, <laughs> you know what? I don't think I don't think I ever asked you this. Was uh, was that for, and for the audience, uh, the the play that where we met in audition was a play called "Monday Always Leads to Murder," and it That's was
1: fantastic.
0: Uh, <laughs> it was a lot. I, I have to admit, it was a lot of fun. I, I got to play a uh, bumbling detective. Yep. And uh, you're the flat foot. Yeah. And and Melissa was uh, one of the sultrier
1: i was the box of days. yes <laughs> <laughs> Let's call it what it is yeah well that's
0: <laughs> that that is what it was and uh, as i said a friendship began from there was that your first time uh on on stage or or had you done well, more um
1: actually right um right before that um i had auditioned for Mommy Dearest at a different community theater Mm -hmm. and I was just waiting and I was just like trying I just wanted to be on stage is what it boiled down to Mm -hmm. and previously I had worked behind the scenes you know on the catwalks the lighting you know um, makeup hair I really liked behind the scenes Mm -hmm. and then one day I just decided you know to try it and it looked like fun and I loved it.
0: Well, like I said, it uh, it was a good time. I'm glad you decided to to give it a shot. Uh, that was the first time that I had auditioned for uh, for anything in that particular theater.
1: That was and a great theater.
0: It was, and I wasn't sure if uh, if I was going to be uh, accepted just because you know I wasn't part of that community. But uh, but I was, and I'm I'm very happy about that but yeah. uh, so now have you been doing any more theater if you if the opportunity presented itself would you want to do it again
1: oh absolutely it just there hasn't been an opportunity at all um you know and then once we had locked down and all that craziness like that, options completely just stopped there mm-hmm. was none of that going on
0: Are they, do you know if they're even still doing that out in uh in the in the community which by the way for those listening uh, we were in Algonac, Michigan. Uh, th- are they still even having shows out there or did they pretty much lock that down and forget about it?
1: To the best of my knowledge, no, that there aren't any shows. Um, I haven't heard anything different than there wasn't anything going on. So, I mean, this is secondhand, you know, but I haven't heard anything.
0: Mm-hmm. No, that's... That's too bad. It I, is too bad. Yeah.
1: It's a fantastic outlet, not just for the performers, but for the patrons that come for a casual night out and just want to laugh or solve a mystery or, you know, see a love story, whatever the case may be Right, and, and taken away.
0: Yeah, that's true. I, I, I wish that everything could kind of get back to uh pre COVID levels, but, while I don't uh, have any doubt that it will eventually, it is taking its
1: time. It is because there are more live theater events that are happening in place of stage shows.
0: Well, now you've uh, you haven't abandoned the stage altogether, mm-hmm. as I as I pointed out in in my intro. You've taken to stand-up comedy.
1: Yes, and I will tell you, Wayne, that started actually over lockdown. I just was sick and tired of living like a caged animal, and Mm -hmm. I didn't know what was happening from one hour to the next hour, one day to the next. Nobody knew what was going on. Everybody was getting messed up information, and I'll fully admit that there was alcohol involved, and (laughs) all of our things that we used to perform... Um, with because um, my wife and I, we, we were uh, performers and that's how we met. And we just have tons and tons of random, crazy outfits and props. And one day I just decided that I was going to put a concert on in my front room and I put it on Facebook. And the next day I started getting requests from people that wanted me to do songs. <laughs> <laughs> And it was just a fun thing with um, 100% will tell you there was alcohol involved every single day. Mm -hmm. And (laughs) it was just something to pass the time. During this time, I also, you know, you watched everything on TV because there was nothing else to do. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I started watching all these comics and I started going back through the years and watching like the older, older comics, you know, like 60s, 70s. 40s 80s not you know all different um eras of comedy mm-hmm. and i thought this is fantastic you know and my whole thing was everybody needs to laugh right now it was just 100 percent out of um wanting to make people less stressed out than they were at that moment in time mm-hmm. and it was just meant for fun and then I started getting requests and um, once uh, things started to relax after a little while I thought I'm going to try this out and see what happens because I had a blast making people laugh and I don't care if you're laughing at me or with me you're still laughing mm-hmm. <laughs> that's all that matters and I went just went into it with that attitude of if I can make one person laugh I've done my job I can
0: right.
1: do it again tomorrow
0: so when you told, uh, your wife, your family, friends, everybody, uh, that you were going to be doing this generally, what did, how did they react? What did they say?
1: Well, I'm sure, you know, there was a lot of, well, what do you mean? You're going to be a comic. You have to be funny. Like moms aren't funny. So it wouldn't matter what I had said to the kids because there's no way that their mom is going to be funny.
0: Mm-hmm. And,
1: um, mm-hmm. I just think um with my wife i should have introduced it a little bit more than i did instead of just like saying i'm gonna go do this i should have done it a lot better than that
0: you really you just dropped it um, on her like that like yeah hey, and, hon, i'll be back in a couple hours i'm gonna go do a stand-up set it,
1: yeah it was wrong and it, i just uh i wish i would have done it differently there but with the children you know, there wasn't really going to be any reaction except for, okay, whatever, you know, <laughs> like, <laughs> we've watched you lose your mind in our front room because, you know, there was one of our kids was, um, you know, he was one of my prop masters one time and, mm-hmm. you know, he just, they were, you know, everybody was crazy insane at that point, you know, everybody needed to have a release and it's nothing for me to, put on a wig and make breakfast and just just make the kids laugh you know <laughs>
0: like, mm-hmm.
1: so it was just literally done to put smiles on people's faces and even if it was only one or two at least those people left happy
0: gotcha you, gotcha you. so with the with the kids you know you said it was like yeah whatever was you think it was a little bit of like yeah sure tell me something else
1: no, I really do think it was like, moms aren't funny. <laughs> <You know? laughs> just I, I just think out, that's right? what it boiled down to. <laughs> okay.
0: So how did you go about starting? I mean, did, did someone tell you, hey, you know we, they're going to be doing this. Uh, they've got something going on at this place or that place. How did you start?
1: Um, it was a little bit of both of what you had said. Um, I was actually working at um, a bar and. <laughs> the Plymouth-Canton area, and they happened to be having a a comedy event that was happening that weekend, and he was just telling me about it, and then the man that was um, running the event just happened to walk in. It was just pure happenstance, and him and I struck up a conversation, and um, he said, if you're interested, um, we exchanged uh, ways to communicate with each other and he sent me a link to all the amateur nights, and that's how it started. Um, I didn't go, you know, at the, you know, right away, Um, but the first place I went to was Trixie's in Hamtramck, and it was, like, I got received pretty well for my very first time, and I totally winged it. I didn't know what I was doing. I was just hoping that, I did an a choke or b trip or fall off the stage or you know whatever Mm -hmm. and it went well and then i didn't go back i think it took like maybe three weeks i started writing things down and you know kind of talking to myself in the car a lot and you know practicing different jokes and i went back about like three weeks later and totally bombed it was horrible And I just was nervous. I was just way too nervous because I had practiced too much. Mm -hmm. And I think that I had in my head got out of the order that I had wanted to do. So I think I tripped my own self out. Okay. And then I went back again a few days later and just kind of like half winged it, half kind of knew what I wanted to say. And it was even, it was bad. It was way better. And it just started going from there. And then when I actually had people saying, you should try this place. um, It's not really for people that are just starting out, but, you know, I got a lot of like positive feedback and, you know, there's a couple instrumental people that have kind of went out of their way to help me. And, um, you know, I just kind of, watch what they do and you know how they're interacting with other people and not that I'm copying them but I'm taking like mental notes sure because they're doing well so mm. obviously something they're doing is working
0: <laughs> well yeah obviously I, I have to tell you I like something that you that uh you mentioned here just a, a couple of minutes ago uh when you said that uh you tried it I think probably I think it was your second time out and things didn't go quite as well as, uh, as you had wanted.
1: Oh, well, I bombed. I totally bombed.
0: Okay. <laughs> I'll let you say that. I'm, I i can't see that happening. But all right. You say you bombed. And uh, the next time you tried it. See, that's that's the important thing right there. Things didn't go well. You still tried it again. You know, did something to, you know, you found out what was, what was going wrong. You said you kind of got into your own head and you tried it again. You didn't let it stop
1: you. Yeah. Because I knew that what I was doing was not helping me, but as it was happening, I was also bombing on stage. So it was a very, it was a good lesson.
0: mm -hmm. Just kind of, you know, you trust your instincts and, and be natural about it
1: right like i there's been one time though and this was um i'm going to say about maybe a little over two months ago Mm -hmm. and it was in y and dot and there was just um a particular person that just was not a nice comic they were very intense and they were you know kind of poking jabs at everybody Mm -hmm. and just some of the things that they were saying not they, I should just say that he was saying, um, like was just striking a nerve with me. So I ended up changing my whole entire set on the fly. And it was one of my better ones. And it was literally aimed at him and all of his foolishness, basically. (laughs) And Uh it was one of my better ones. And I thought, am I one of those comics where they just like to make fun of people? And that's not me. It just happened that I just had to put this particular person like let them know that what you're saying is not right (laughs) even if you're trying to make people laugh you still have to like be nice
0: You know? okay all right comedy through discipline i like it yeah don't bring that mean stuff in here and and you know i have i have noticed that there are some comedians who uh i guess their style is the uh the insult type. There was, uh, there was a comedian I saw way, way back. You know, um, he called himself the pit bull of comedy because his whole thing was was built on insulting people,
1: right?
0: And uh, as popular as he got with that, I don't, I just don't think that that's uh, that that's really all there is to comedy. But since that's not your thing. Please tell us a little bit about what your style of comedy is, since, you know, I understand and appreciate that you're not doing the insult style. How would you describe your style?
1: Like a lot of fun of myself. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I'm getting older, all these crazy things are happening with my body. So, you know, why not laugh about it? Because I can't control it. Um, I make a lot of fun of my marriage because lesbians are funny. (laughs) okay and you know we have four kids two girls two boys what's not hilarious about that
0: um you know and then
1: just general life and you know our crazy family members and the people that we found out during lockdown and the trump era who we could not talk to anymore i mean there's just a million things to be you know to make fun of Mm -hmm. and the bulk of them i will admit are about myself. I mean, you know, everybody's flawed and I just, instead of like self-hate or self-deprivation or, you know, feeling depressed, I'm just like, you know what, I'm going to poke fun at it and be done with it. It helps.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah, it sounds, it, it sounds good. And, you know, I've always heard that if you can laugh at yourself, number one, nobody else is going to be able to really hurt you. Right. And number two, uh, if you can get yourself laughing, you're never alone because you you always got somebody there to keep you entertained.
1: (laughs) And if you think about how silly we are, it's just normal, everyday life. Like Mm -hmm. everybody can be a comedian some (laughs) days.
0: Whether they meant to or not. Yeah. Right.
1: Because you're always going to make somebody laugh. Something you do is going to be silly or embarrassing or, you know, whatever, capitalize on that <laughs>
0: absolutely so is there any area uh as a as a comedian that you would want to shy away from are you talking about venue
1: wise, or no, or not a,
0: not wise? Well, venue wise is one thing but i mean in terms of of uh maybe uh comedy topics that you might want to avoid is there anything that you would feel you think uncomfortable talking about
1: no, anything can be made fun. I can have fun in an
0: insurance seminar. Anything can be made funny. That's actually, yeah, I think that's probably true. <laughs> but I I'll, let me let me say this um, for the audience. I know I've I've told you this many times over the years. But one of the things that I have always admired about you is that. There's not a lot of fear involved in in things that you do. In other words, once you decide to do it and once you take the steps uh, that you feel are necessary to do it, well, you just kind of go. And, uh, you know, you don't you don't you never appear to be especially intimidated by what it is you're attempting. And that's uh, that's, first of all, rare. And it's admirable as I don't know what it's, I mean, I wish I could say that I was that type of person that I had that type of, of uh, strength of character and, and willpower, but uh, you definitely have it. And if you're going to be a comedian, you need that. But you know, as as anyone who's ever been on stage for any reason, be it uh, acting or comedy or just public speaking, you have to be able to deal with that on the fly. If something is not going right, you skip that and work on it later. If someone uh, maybe is a, a bit less receptive than you might like, you have to deal with that. And again, I've, I've never seen you have a problem with that.
1: Just trying a diplomatic approach,
0: that's all. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> and apparently it is work. Uh Melissa, I have to uh got to bring this to a close right now, but I thank you once again for uh for sharing uh, a bit of your story with us and I will ask you back uh so that we can talk about this more, but uh I just want you to know that as far as I'm concerned, you're one of the best examples of someone who does not let something stop them. Uh, One of the best examples that I know of, and uh, I appreciate that in you and I applaud that in you and I pray that it continues. I wish you the very best in all of your endeavors, especially those that take place on the stage. And hopefully uh, when I invite you back, uh, you will be gracious enough to accept yet again of
1: course and thank you and I'm I feel honored this is my very first podcast I hope I did an okay job I wasn't really sure if I was podcast material yet or not so thank oh,
0: please. you oh you, you, you did beautiful thank you very much for uh, for spending some time with us
1: all right thank you
0: thank you and we'll be right back enjoying the virulent news, toxic habits, and attitudes, be sure to follow the podcast here, as well as our pages on Instagram and X. And now, back to the show. I'm going to head out, but before I go, I want to share a couple of things with you. One is a movie quote, and the other is a line from a song. The movie quote? Some can read War and Peace and come away thinking it's a simple adventure story, while others can read the ingredients on a chewing gum wrapper and unlock the secrets of the universe. That stuck with me for more than 40 years because I, like a lot of people, can miss things that are just sitting out in the open because I'm looking for that burning bush, that message that comes with some heavenly fanfare delivered by an angelic messenger service or or some celebrity that says, this is what you should do. Sometimes life just leaves chewing gum wrappers lying around for you to read or breadcrumbs for you to follow. Don't be so quick to dismiss these things because they could be the very things you need to get where you want to go. The other thing I wanted to share was a line from Bill Withers' lovely day. When someone else instead of me always seems to know the way. How many times have you felt that way? That you're always the one who has more questions than answers. Who's always looking for what everyone else has already found. People face that problem every day. From the student who doesn't want to ask a question in class because they don't want everyone to know they don't know. To the person in a meeting who doesn't want to speak up for fear of being wrong. Or at least being thought of as wrong. I've been in that position more times than I can count. And it can be demoralizing but everyone has a moment where they aren't the most knowledgeable person in the room. And it's important to remember that just because you don't know something doesn't mean you don't know anything. You can learn anything you need to learn, be it for your own benefit or for someone else's. Don't let fear derail your benefit. Okay, that's going to do it for this episode. On the next episode, I will be joined by my literary mentor, the great and gracious Sylvia Hubbard, creator of the Motown Writers Network and author of at least 55 romance novels. Ms. Hubbard commands a wealth of information about planning and marketing literature, and she is always willing to share what she knows. Be sure to check us out. This has been the Virulent News, Toxic Habits and Attitudes. I'm Wayne Bibbs, thanking you for joining us and wishing you the best that life has to offer. Take care.